1: Uh, for good evening, and thank you for joining us for episode three, um, season one of the Standoff, uh, hosted by myself and Brad Inger. Good evening, Brad.
2: Good evening, Sir and good evening to our listeners. We're five rounds into the twenty twenty season now, and we're starting to see the contenders and the pretenders.
0: Yes, As always. And...
2: You go, mate. Matt, nah, go. You go for it. As always, we're here on Wednesday evenings to bring you all that you need to know in the week that was Rugby League.
1: Yes, we'll cover off uh, the previous round that was, which in this case was round five. We'll have a look at round uh, six, give you the top stories of the week.
0: It looks like um, we're having technical issues with um, Sanjay there, Brad. Do you want to take over until we see Take over.
2: Yep, sure. Um, So now while while we're live here on Facebook, you can also catch our show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Just search for New Zealand Radio Sport. Sport Radio, sorry. So tune in and get your rugby league news. So I'll just go through now to the top stories of the week. Uh, First story is coronavirus and the Bulldogs. So Aiden Tolman, he was cleared of COVID-19 after a scare at his daughter's school, but he's unfortunately going into quarantine, so he's going to miss the next three games. Obviously, Dean Pei, the Bulldogs coach, isn't very happy about that. Um, Even though it's a a negative test, he he wants his player back. Um, It also meant that the Bulldogs game was postponed until just last Monday and the Bulldogs were unable to train on Sunday. Um, it's yeah, unfortunate with all the teams wanting to get crowds back to have something like this happen so, so close to them actually being allowed to do that. Um, but thankfully it was a negative test and hopefully uh, they can put that to rest. And then next up on our news, we had uh, the Broncos. Ah, uh, you're back.
1: Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry to our listeners. Um, bit of uh, technical difficulties there, so my apologies. But um, Brad, no, continue, please.
2: Okay. So uh, the Broncos have signed Isaac Luke for the remainder of the year. Um, only played 150 minutes as a dragon. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, well, um, obviously letting Andrew McCulloch go um, and Cody Nikorima at the back end. Of, well, you know, um, the start of the season. Uh, for, for this season, that, that's that been the Achilles heel, hasn't it? They've really um suffered a, a lot in regards to those particular uh, players going elsewhere. So I, I guess they had to do something, but an ageing Isaac Luke. um, Yeah, there's been much spoken about it this week, but I, I still think he's got something to offer. Um, But yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, because he hasn't played uh, first-grade football this season, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So uh, I just... I just want to see um, what, what he can bring to the to the table and um, potentially playing this Thursday.
2: Yeah, uh, he, I think he's played a couple of minutes off the bench. I'm not 100%. Uh, didn't really understand why he went to the Dragons because obviously the captain was their hooker and now Ben Hunt is taking over a bit of that as well.
1: Yeah, I think that... Um, and, Sorry, just uh, breaking up a bit there, Brad. My apologies.
2: That's right. Um, Yeah, I think I think the Broncos will be able to get some good use out of him. Then they need some help. So um, it was unfortunate they let McCulloch go thinking that Jake Turpin was the, the future and then he broke his leg the very next week. So uh, you can't foresee that type of um, incident. But no, no. it was... It was unfortunate, but I'm sure Isaac will make the most out of it.
1: Yes, yes. Interesting to see what happens if he is to get a run on Thursday. Brad, um, have we mentioned the uh, coronavirus situation with the Bulldogs?
2: Yeah, I did cover it briefly. Um, Not much of a discussion because it was one-sided, but what were your thoughts (laughs) on that?
1: No, just, um, I guess, like there's you know, as soon as something uh, coronavirus-related comes back into the media, people tend to throw it out of proportion. I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, there has been questions asked, I guess, as, as to why he was unable, why he's going to be unable to play. Um, you know, even though he had a negative test, um, uh, you know, the post, the game was postponed until Monday. They were unable to train on Sunday. So there was a bit of disruption there, but um, as we'll cover a little bit later on, I don't think it had anything to do with the result um, with the no. rampant Roosters, just, just, just on fire at the moment. But anyway, um, I guess, um, yeah, another another story that we've uh, come across this week, and um, might might not have had too much discussion around it, um, the Eddie Jones uh, wanting to give potentially wanting to give rugby league a go. Um, I heard about it just a few days ago. Um, what, what do you think about this, Brad?
2: Yeah, I heard I heard some some rumours that he was interested in helping the Sharks, and he's a good coach, but he's never coached rugby league before, so. It's I don't know if it would go well if I feel like he might not get the buy-in from the experienced players. And we've seen a lot of good coaches go down because the 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 team hasn't bought into what they're selling.
1: Yeah, I think with um Eddie Jones, however, um he's he's got a bit of a reputation, um, hasn't he in, in rugby circles? Like he's done quite a bit. You know, he's taken a couple of teams to the World Cup final now. He's um I don't think he's ever won one. But uh, yeah, he's he's certainly um, given the All Blacks a run when he was Wallabies coach. You know, obviously, I think 2003 was he the Wallabies coach. Anyway, getting off the topic here, but um, he 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 certainly does bring a little bit to the table. But yeah, just I guess the league player buy-in will be something that will be interesting to sort of see, Um, and we'll just have to wait and see. There's just been talks around the Sharks and potentially. um, One thing that he has said is that, hey, look, he'd like to give it a crack before his coaching tenureship is over. So. Watch this space, I guess.
2: Yeah, and uh, also we had news that the Manly forward, Joel Thompson, has been granted a release to join St. Helens next year. He was signed on to play through next year, but they've let him go. 51 games from Manly so far. He's been playing all right this year too. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's – well, he's not Yeah, – he's been playing really well, but I I wouldn't call him a standout, you know, um, player that's, you know, going – Potentially, I think that you know, like um, at the end of the day, you know the level of uh, noise that's been made about it has been fairly minimal. It's just a bit of a mention, really. He's going back to um, the UK, so yeah, um, a bit of best of luck to him. But I mean, he's still got a job to do for the Sea Eagles this year, and um, uh, they're, they're they're looking to be uh, quite, you know, quite promising as well at the moment. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with um, with that particular position next year, though.
2: Yeah, definitely. And um, next, I'm gonna. This one's a little bit close to my heart. But Phil Gould uh, had some some words about the Warriors this week. He said that they're only going to win two more games this season. Um, after after a good win against the Cowboys. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Um, yeah, look,
1: uh, that's very much expected. uh, To be to be perfectly honest, I um. It's gonna take more than just that one victory as well to even even for the like of me to be like, hey, um, the Warriors are gonna, you know, tear it, tear it up this weekend or next weekend or the weekend after. And, you know. So, you know, I know what he's saying. What he's saying indirectly is that here's the team of inconsistency. Um, here's the team that can give us the best and the worst. And yeah, he's just I, I guess he's just reiterating how topsy turvy the Warriors have been. Um and there's a little bit of, um, you know, psychological gameplay there, I guess you could say. Like, he's, I think he's trying to rack them up, to be honest. He's like, you know, because I, I think that he also feels that they are looking like, I mean, particularly if you saw the game against um, the, the Cowboys there, you know, they looked pretty good when they, when when Nick, when Cody was a bit greedy. So, yeah, we'll come back to that later on when we cover off um, the Warriors versus the Cowboys.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think... I think there's a bit of both. I think it's yeah a little bit of a prod, hoping to get uh, a rise out of them and get them to perform. But consistency is an issue. But I still think two two more is a bit low.
1: Oh, definitely. I think that that's just a figure he would have blurted to the media. I don't think there's any there's any um you know he's he's not writing a, a you know his name to that. I think I think you'll just find that it's just off the cuff kind of remarks. So Phil Gilder's very off the cuff, but um. Yeah, he knows they'll win more than two games. He's just, um, he's playing the game himself.
2: Yeah. And then um, speaking of the game, Peter Volandi wanting to bust the NRL bubble, wanting to explore private jets to use the season, help reduce travel costs. And um, they're also, New South Wales has allowed, is I think 1st of July, they're letting small crowds into the stadiums and Gold Coast have actually given permission for the Titans to have crowd this week. Yeah,
1: well, that's good. I mean, like, um, obviously, with the coronavirus, there's been stricter uh, protocols over there in Australia um, in regards to it. And I was actually listening to some stuff today about it. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why they are still, um, I guess, a little bit behind where we are. Obviously, much larger population, much higher risk, I guess, in terms of uh, a larger portion of their population getting it. So, yeah, no, um, it'll be good to see the crowds come back. And, um, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's it, it is going to be interesting. When the crowds do come back, because um, when we are back to normal, so to speak, um, and to see you know teams travelling, I don't know, someone like the Broncos to Penrith, or even the Warriors to to North Queensland, you know, on a balmy evening up there in North North Queensland and Townsville with a big crowd, um, you know, that's going to be a lot different. I think again, it's going to bring another dynamic. I think that um, you know, with them playing the way that they are now, um, it will be it will make the game even uh, uh, even better.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's been missing that crowd atmosphere. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes with the Warriors having basically away crowds all the time. I know they do have quite a bit of support over there, which will help, um, but they yeah, they need to get some crowds back.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like um, the 25,000 or so that can pack out um, Ericsson's, oh, sorry, Mount Smart and... Um, In saying that, I mean, we saw a a 43-odd thousand turn up for an Eden Park game, so you can pretty much bank on Mount Smart being packed up the first time the Warriors are able to play a game. Um, But they're they're obviously um, in Australia for the entire season. Brad, is that correct?
2: At the moment, they are, unless they can get the trans-Tasman bubble thing sorted where you don't have to quarantine yourself. uh, If that happens before the season's over is another story. So
1: okay okay so there is a slim opportunity that they could be playing a game oh well let's keep our fingers crossed ladies and gentlemen hope that they are playing um at, at mount smart soon um And I keep calling it I'm so used to calling it that <laughs> um other stories are this week as well um Kaylin Ponga signed a new deal with newcastle 4.5 million into the end, until the end of 2024 that's a big signing
2: definitely uh they they needed to lock him down because he was getting itchy feet and talking about potentially trying to be an all black. So they really needed to to throw money his way and convince him to sign long-term to make sure he stayed. And um, I think it's a good investment. He's shown what he can do. Um, And yeah, he's a talented footballer. It's always the, yeah, um, the it's, money. Yeah.
1: It's interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting. That his father's coming has never nothing to do with the money. I mean four point five mil. I think it's got a little bit to do with the money there. But um but I mean hey look um you know he is a fantastic player and um he, he will be a fantastic league player um throughout the throughout his career there's no doubt. Um I think it was actually himself that came out and said that he may want to play rugby union one day and represent the All Blacks. And of course hey look um well how old will he be at the end of twenty twenty four? He'll be what? Uh twenty two?
2: Yeah, he would be around. So. He'd still be. Yeah. he still be nice. He's eighteen, out. right?
1: He's eighteen, so he would be twenty-two. Um, he, mate, he would be probably shooing for the next World Cup with the All Blacks. That's maybe what he's thinking. So, um, hey, he he he's um got many op- ample opportunity to still do that in the future if he wishes. Um, yeah. but Brad, I think it's about time that we crack
2: into. Right, so, uh, we may as well crack into round five now. So on Thursday. Okay. Sorry, man. A, a bit
1: of a delay. A bit the of a feed. delay.
2: Yeah. Um, so we'll go with the Thursday night game first, which was the uh the Manly Sea Eagles beating the Broncos 20 to 18 at Central Coast Stadium. I thought the Broncos played well in the first half. They were actually leading 18-4 at half time, but they just fell away in the second half. What were your thoughts on the game?
1: Yeah, I think that um, you know, the, the, those uh, three late plays from the um from the Eagles there, and it was a very very tight game before that. But they came back nicely in the end uh, to to take the game out. Um, I just didn't think that you know that they would come. That the Broncos would be that uh, much ahead with that much time to play. I thought that you know the Manly would have swept them away. That Manly would have swept them away a little bit e- earlier. Yeah, I think they're looking forward um, looking forward to Isaac Luke in the Broncos jersey um, potentially on Thursday. We're not sure if he um, if he will play on the Thursday. But, yeah, a lot of the teams are going with this uh, double-pronged dummy-half attack um, with the new rules. So, you know, pretty much, um, you know, playing one dummy-half per half almost. Not in that order, obviously, but just in terms of time on the park and in position as well. So um, that will be interesting. Uh, Yeah, I think the Broncos, they they really need something soon. Uh, They're really just – they're really just – oh, we've been corrected there. Uh, Yeah, really just – struggling, um struggling to to get any form of consistency. It's no wonder with the uh, rapid uh, roster changes that they've had. So yeah, I think um they'll be looking to get Pangai Jr. back. That'll be good. Um they, they put a bit of edge to the forward uh forward pack. I felt that um definitely you know Tony Staggs's um yeah injury really um that 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 really that, that, um turned them upside down on on the weekend and after that I mean they didn't really recover, Brad.
2: Yeah, that's right. And um, Xavier Coates, as an eighteen-year-old, um, he got his opportunity again um, after playing some good games last year, and he was pretty much unstoppable for a long portion of that game. And I'm sure they're going to be looking forward to seeing how he develops.
1: Yeah, well, obviously he's been made. Uh, you know, he's been referred to as a as a Greg Inglis, uh, Israel Folau type player. So um, watch the space. He, he promises to be something grand, something great. So, yeah, um, I think what we'll do now is we'll kick on to, um, you know, the Warriors game of the weekend. It was also a Friday night encounter. Uh, the Warriors against the Cowboys at Central Coast Stadium and the Warriors coming out, winners 37 to 26, I'm happy to say. Um, yeah. Brad, you might want to start us off with this one, buddy.
2: Yeah, it was a surprising result for me. Obviously, um, we'll talk about it a bit later, but I had the, the Cowboys down as my winners here um I questioned last week on the show the Warriors attack and where they would find points and they went out and scored seven tries uh, where there was media Cody Nicarima had us a, a great game he um was told by Stacey Jones to be greedy and run the ball a bit and I think if the Warriors want to keep playing the way they were they're going to, he's gonna have to consistently do that each game and his combination on the left edge with uh Katoa, Hiku, and hopefully soon Kimamalo. Yeah,
1: I think that um that, that Ali Katoa he's he's something isn't he? Like uh, boy he's really set the um the, the NRL on fire in these first couple of rounds after the COVID scare. Um he's definitely a superstar in the making and um he's signed to the end of twenty twenty one. He's actually come from rugby union background. So we've got him yes. for another year, but dare, dare I say, they should be um, putting a, a much lengthier contract under his nose at the moment and trying to get him to put pen to paper because he looks like th- a, a very good player.
2: I think he's just actually signed for another four, I think, not that long ago. Oh, okay. So I think they have they have locked him down.
1: Right. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, yeah, like, like you said, I'm on the weekend. Um, Stacey Jones telling Cody to go out there and play and be greedy. Um, and he did exactly that he, he took the line on he played with confidence i felt i mean even even the drop kick um on the halftime buzzer like you know he would have gained a bit of confidence from a play like that you know players thrive on moments like that where they're just quite instinctual i think that he did play quite instinctually and um i also have to give a little bit of a little uh, uh, big raps to uh green as well on the weekend uh, after last week i criticized him a fair bit for not taking on the line and um playing a bit. Calculated and even, whereas you know on on the weekend he really did um, you know play at the line um, and he took a few more risks which was good to see and they paid off. Um, he set up a couple of good tries and he'd be probably he'd be pretty happy with his performance on the weekend. And they're looking to get their you know they're looking like they're getting their combinations going, Brad.
2: Yeah, definitely. And um, Peter Hiku was another one. He he went from villain to hero in that game. He he ended up scoring a hat trick, but he gave the Cowboys uh, a soft try that had me um, screaming things. I'm not going to say on here at the television on Friday night, <laughs> but um, it was, you saw that experience that he has coming back into that back line helped, I think. And um, there's talk. Cooney seems pretty confident that Fustle is going to be back in the game. We're going to talk about a bit later, which I think will help a lot more as well.
1: Yeah, that'll be good as well. And yeah, um... I think that, you know, fatigue was a factor for the Cowboys and, you know, the injuries to Valentine's home, Valentine Holmes, they'll be pretty uh, disappointed um, in losing him. Not too sure exactly um, how long he's going to be sidelined for. Um, and, and yeah, Tom Malolo, he's, he, he didn't have the greatest of games and it just goes to show that, you know, like if you can sort of shut him down, uh, it sort of centres around him and that forward dominance, doesn't it? So if you can sort of break him down and, and, and not allow him to be such a dominant force, you know, you really can take advantage of the
2: forward pack. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the biggest issue the Cowboys are going to have this year is relying on Tom Lalo too much. Um, they they can't expect him to do everything. He's the best player they have, but they just need some of the other players to step up. Otherwise, it's going to be a long year for them.
1: No, absolutely. Well, look, let's hope for another uh, fantastic Warriors game um, this weekend. But um, we'll, we'll crack on to Friday night, uh, the other encounter on Friday night, I should say, um, which was the Eels versus the Panthers at Bankwest. Um Eels were our favourites to win this one, and they did take it out 16 points to 10, um, courtesy of three late tries. They weren't really uh, in the running uh, up until that point, I guess you could say. Panthers, what, leading 4 0, I think it was at half time?
2: I think so. I, I can't honestly remember the score at half time. Um but yeah they gave they the Panthers gave the Eagles a bit of a scare um also it doesn't make our performance against them look that bad when they're going up against one of the the top teams and almost getting the win um still shows there's a bit of a gap between top and bottom uh Mitchell Moses continues to play um one of his best seasons of football and I know Brad Fittler is interested in, in talking to him about being in the New South Wales team at the halves which um be good the panthers they i thought they played quite well and there was just i think a a bit of a lack of um finesse that they just didn't they you got to play 80 minutes against the top side and they they just they just didn't i think they they might have thought they actually had already got the game in the bag and then they had a few injuries and then the eels just took advantage
1: yeah, sorry, it wasn't um the uh, it wasn't the Panthers who were leading four 0 at halftime. That was another game that we had on the weekend. Um, right. So, but yeah, but like um like you say, it was still a, a you know a comeback um with three tries near the end there. One, uh, you know, one of Blake stood up, you know, and, and rub salt into the wounds of Penrith really because he was there last season. And yeah, you're right. Fitler has come out and said Moses will be um at the on the current form Moses for New South Wales halfback. Obviously, even Nathan Cleary though. He had a great game on the weekend. I felt, you know, like he's been under the pump with the, uh, you know, a little bit of criticism after, you know, his activities over the COVID period, and, um, you know, and uh, his first couple of games not being overly uh, fantastic. So, yeah, good mental comeback, I think, for him. I think that he will be pretty happy um, with the way that he played on the weekend. And um, yeah, there's there's probably a little bit of hype. I mean, obviously, with no crowd, no real crowd in the um, stadiums at the moment the kind of hype is probably a little bit different for the players. I I couldn't um, imagine how it would feel walking out with no crowd, but they've won five games in a row previously in 83 and 86. So I think they're starting to sort of say a few things, but I do believe that in the coming weeks, they've got both the Roosters and the Raiders, and that will be the telling point for the um, Eels, I think, to see where they're at.
2: Definitely. I think we'll, we'll get to see how good they actually are when they're going up against some of those teams. And um, they'll be exciting games to watch, that's for sure. Um, but that leads us into Saturday's first game, which saw um, the Rabbitohs defeat the Titans 32-12. to um, I thought from watching the game, Latrell Mitchell was getting better each and every week. It was probably his best game in a Rabbitohs jersey. He uh, scored a try himself and set up two more. The The only issue for a Rabbitohs fan would be the lackluster second half. They, they shot out... To a, a huge lead at half time and then scored. It was one try each in the second half to the Titans and the Rabbitohs. So if they want to play with the big boys, they're going to have to play for 80 minutes as well.
1: Yeah, I think the Titans' defense in their second half probably needs a little bit more credit than perhaps you're giving them on that one there, Brad. But yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, if they are going to be um, up there with the likes of the Roosters and the Knights and the Raiders, um, they definitely probably have to just do a little bit more polishing up of, of around the edges. I think that, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, they they played a pretty tough game uh, overall on the weekend. Uh, The scoreline might not suggest as such, but um, the Titans, they are looking like a side that, you know, they're they're a funny team. Like, you know, they they won't go away lightly. They'll keep playing for the full 80 minutes, but they're just not coming away with the result most of the time. Yes, they got a good win last week, and, um, you know, that was their first win of the season and their first win in some time. But I still see them in the bottom tier of teams. Uh, you know, for a while, but they will give, they'll give some good, they'll give some teams throughout the season a good run. Uh, I think that Bennett has come out and said that um, in terms of Latrell, you know, he was a really good centre at the Roosters, but he's going to be an even better fullback here at the, um, here here at the Rabelow. So um, yeah. What are your thoughts about that, Brad?
2: Yeah, I think, it's hard to argue with wayne bennett he's got a lot more experience in the in the game league than i do and i think the the idea even at the roosters was Latrell was always going to be a fullback eventually but he was playing with uh some guy called tedesco who who might know a thing or two about playing fullback. so he was just put in a position where he could help the team and now he's got the the open slate at the Rabbitohs to to show what he can do. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see how he goes as he gets older and more experienced and they build that team around what he can do.
1: Yeah, he's obviously, like, obviously, you know, Greg English-type player, fullback, centre, you know, these rangy kind of physical dominant players that seem to be coming through, um, you know, the, the ranks more and more, that, that type of player, that elusive, you know, solid, tall, big, muscly, you know, like they're, they're coming through quite well. In terms of uh, you know their positioning as well in the fullback and the centre, they're kind of becoming interchangeable, which is good. Yeah. So I think that he had he had a really good game. But um, that leads us into Saturday night uh, against uh, that Saturday night the Storm against the Knights um, from against Central Coast Stadium, uh, and we had the Storm winning twenty six to twelve, but not before uh, a very good uh, fight from the Knights and, and and a pretty good game of rugby league, Brad
2: yeah yeah i thought it was a great uh, a great game from him cameron smith um as much as you like or dislike him he he had a hell of a game and he's i think he's 37 now and he, he's still playing great and i think with this reduced season he's probably going to go again next year um i know craig bellamy has said it's completely cameron smith's call on when he calls it a day um but he, he's such a valuable resource to that, that team, and I think they're going to use him as long as he's willing.
1: Yeah, I guess um, I've always been, a, a, I guess, a critic of um, Cameron Smith, not not because of the, the, the quality of his play or the legend that he is. There's no one denying that, certainly not myself. He's a fantastic rugby league player, and he proved that a game on the weekend, didn't he? He, he had an almost perfect game of rugby league, Probably man of the match, really. Like if we, if we, if we really have to be honest. Um, but at, at 37, is he taking up a spot where a junior could potentially um, get an opportunity and and grow depth at the Melbourne Storm? I mean, you know, they, they'll argue that they've got depth up the yin-yang and um, they know how to grow their players over there. But I'm just saying, in terms of a, a young number nine getting an opportunity, obviously Brandon Smith even having to play on, you know, at prop forward. I'm not having yeah. to play, but the prop forward position because Cameron Smith obviously dominating that number nine position. That was kind of, you know, kind of um, kind of odd, really. But um, he did it two games in a row now and uh, after about half-time, uh, Brad.
2: Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I've seen some interviews with him where he's been happy for the opportunity to get more minutes. I'm not sure if he's particularly happy about where he's getting them, but they've been moving him. He's been labelled as a front rower, and then he's been playing a lot more of the lock role, which makes the makes Storm have, like, a double hooker combo, which everyone's trying to use now. So he's at least getting game time, but I think the longer, the longer that they um, keep Cameron along, the more likely you might see Brandon Smith pop up somewhere else.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking as well. I think that um Brandon Smith, he's, he wants to play a hooker. I'm sure he's built for it. He's had very um, good success there in the international jersey and at the Melbourne Storm, obviously. Um, and, yeah, but, but, I mean, obviously when you've got someone like Smith who just orchestrates a forward pack around the park, something like a 1,000 metres, that forward pack in the first half, um, that's that's something special, man. Like that, you know, that takes some um, really good uh, rugby league, you know, brains to sort of get them to sort of uh, listen to him and 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 be able to play the way they play. It's It's all coming from Cameron Smith, you know. You can see it. Um, on the field and, and the way that he talks to his players. So, um, yeah, a, a good game for the Storm. But um, I think we'll move on to the other fixtures that we had on the weekend. And we had the Tigers um, and the Raiders at Campbelltown. Um, going going to Campbelltown, I thought that the you know Raiders may be a little bit under pressure. And um, it wasn't the easiest of games to come away with, but they did. 14 to 6 winners in the end, Brad
2: that's right and it was also um Ricky Stewart's 400th match as a coach so they they at least got a win on his milestone um it was a scrappy game but I think I think these teams need you need a a few scrappy games where you have to get some grit and um fight through it so you might find some of these teams that are flying through with easy scores they moment they get someone with a bit more resistance they could fall apart so I think I think you, you you build character in those scrappy wins. It, it might not be pretty, but as long as you come out with two points, that's the main thing.
1: Yeah, it was it was a brutal encounter. It was quite physical. It was slippery. It was um, you know dewy, and yeah, it was it was it was a magnificent magnificent game up front. I thought you know like I didn't think that there was a better game on the weekend in terms of physicality. Um, at, at nil at halftime, sorry, there was a four nil scoreline in favour of the Tigers. So. Uh, the Raiders didn't just win this one easily they had, you know 14 to six doesn't actually look like the scoreboard that you have run away with it but it was actually a lot tighter than that and um you know to 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 talk about the physicality if you ever saw if you saw a picture of Jack Wyden's black eye um which was st- stitched up with no anesthetic in the dressing room believe it or yeah. not because it was too close to us or too close to his eye socket um and yeah him and Elliot Whitehead they just absolutely um, dominated. Um, up the front there, so um, it was it was a brutal game. But um, like I said, good good for the Raiders to get one on Ricky um, four hundred.
2: Yeah, and I think um, Tigers fans will be a bit unhappy with Russell Packer. He he made his return to the the team after about fourteen months, and he got simbined and got penalised. And a lot of Tigers fans have been blaming him for actually losing. You can't blame it all on him, obviously, but he put them under a lot of pressure. Just by being reckless and um, very happy that he wasn't one of the lone players that they were rumored would come into the warriors because that's the last thing we'd need in our team right now
1: yes um russell we wish you all the best son but please um we don't wish you to be back down under um hey look we'll move on to um sunday's fixtures uh, we had the dragons up against the sharks interesting encounter this one probably the most talked about game of the round for many reasons um, the Dragons' eventual winners, 30 to 16 at Campbelltown. Um, they scored their first try in 87 games, but they are trying hard. The Dragons. Um, I think that was evident. A lot of changes um, throughout the game in this one. McGregor really pulling, uh, pulling, pulling finger really, and just saying, "Hey, look, I've got an opportunity. I've got my, you know, probably one of his last opportunities to see what he can do." And so putting Ben Hunt at dummy half was um, a very good move, and he looked the goods, Brad.
2: He did the um that is I believe is better position um but he's on a lot of money to um to basically be utility on the bench and um that's that's something that I think a lot of Dragons fans will be talking about um if they keep going the way they're going I'm hoping that this is a sign of them actually showing some improvement they um, they do have some quality players in there. It's just something's not working where they're not missing. But it's just as bad at the Sharks at the moment, which has probably got even worse due to the fact that they lost to the Dragons. The Dragons were kind of the the bottom rung right now. So losing to them's the end of the world for a lot of fans right now. And Morris he he's getting a lot of tough questions now after that result. Um, he was quite surprised when people asked him if he thought his job was on the line. I think in the NRL, most coaches jobs are always on the line. If you're not performing, um, it's, it's a cutthroat business in that aspect. You can be, um, your city's favorite son one day and then kicked out by, by fans on torches the next. And I thought Sean Johnson played, played quite well in the last 15, but it's that a bit what Cooper Cronk said last week, that he's all rocks and diamonds and you need more consistency out of him if the Sharks are going to be successful.
1: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, uh, playing well for a quarter of the game is certainly not going to get you um, where you want to be. But, uh, they, you know, like uh, after last week, I did made a, make a few comments around him not attacking the line and he needs to attack the line a little bit more. And he did a little bit more of that on the weekend. Let's hope that for Sean's sake that he can keep going over there at the um, – at The Sharks, but yeah, for me, the Sharks are on a downward spiral and the Dragons are on an upward one. I think that that game for the Dragons, um, I think they'll give them huge lift. Um, they played a little bit more freely, they they had some positional changes, and I think that they, you know, I think that they will be good the good this weekend as well against the Titans. I think so. Um, I again, I could be proven wrong, but um, yeah, we we'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, a, a, a disappointing result for the Sharks, and yeah. I think that the, the thing that I saw out of the the weekend uh, after the uh, post match interviews, Morris, he, he just felt he was just he just looked bewildered, you know, like yeah. um, the questions that he was getting asked from the media. He just look, had a big look of shock in his eyes, um, as uh, you know, and, and it's coming from the media itself uh, suggesting um, what's going to happen to him. I think just leave him alone for a little bit and just let him see what he can do over there because he's done the pump that boy.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he wasn't expecting to get this type of gig last year. Um, he's he's early in his career, and um, I'm sure, yeah, just back off a little bit, um, they're definitely missing Andrew Fafita. I've, there's been, depending on who you talk to, some, some of the pundits over there are, are saying he needs to retire, and he's coming out saying he's never been fitter in his life, and he's looking forward to coming back. So it. So um, sooner rather than later is what the Sharks need with Fafida. Um, we just don't have an ETA on when he's actually coming back.
1: No, that's right. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. And, yeah, I mean, he'll be able to prove to the um, competition followers um, and his fans alike like that whether he is fit enough. But um, we're moving to the Monday game now, which was obviously the game that was postponed due to the coronavirus here um, on the Sunday um, for the Dogs. So that was moved to Monday that eventually having the Dogs lose to the Roosters, um, they much of a hiding over here. Forty-two to six, uh, it was just an absolute one-way street going. Um, you know, for for the Roosters, there was just no coming back from. Um, you know, the 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 onslaught that they put on them. The, the level of attack they've taken it up a second notch uh, this year compared to even last year. Maybe that's something to do with the rule changes. But a lot of people are saying that they are looking more dangerous than the competition winning. Roosters of 2019 and that is ominous for the rest of the teams in the competition Brad.
2: Yeah they, uh, it, no disrespect to the Bulldogs but it looked like a training run um, They, the Roosters were just going through the motions and just scoring whatever they want and I know the Bulldogs scored a try but they scored the try right at the end of the game so it was it was looking really bad for them um, it looked like they were going to get the big donut and James Tedesco um I I don't even know how to describe the game he had. He he scored three tries. He had line break assists, of five of them, I believe. Ten tackle breaks and two try assists, and his form just continues to get better and better this year. And um, they're not even halfway through the season yet, so it's going to be terrifying for teams to have to play them later on.
1: Yeah, I think he's definitely the fullback of the half uh the fullback of the se- uh, half half of the season so far. This half of the season, that is, um, and I think that he is bes- basically just. You know, he's going to be in that New South Wales jersey. He'll be in that Australian jersey when they ever uh, come back to international footy. And I think he's made it his own for quite some time. But now that you've got Latrell playing at fullback, um, you know, and of course you've got the Raiders fullback as well. So you know, there's there's a few good fullbacks around in the competition. So, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they um, mix with their five eights and their halfbacks, and the, uh, you know, for the remainder of the season with these new rule changes to see if they can gain as much speed as what the Roosters are because. These guys are just, they are just very, very fast.
2: Yeah. yeah. I feel like they're head and shoulders above the rest of the comp right now. I think they, yeah, I, I'm interested to see them go up against the Eels and the Raiders and the Storm, those types of teams, to see how good they actually are and um, how good those teams are. So it'll be interesting.
1: Well, Brad, like that was round five. And if we have a look at the uh, picks that we made Um, for the round, uh, basically, we've got you coming away, um, six to eight, six out of eight games, and I managed to get five out of eight, which um, leaves a running total at eight games out of 16 for me, and Brad just ahead at nine games out of 16 picked correctly. So, we just have hop into the table over here. What we can see, um, there, Brad, is that you know, we've got uh, we've got who we've got on the top there, we've got basically we've got the the eels. eels on top. Sorry, I'm having a few technical difficulties here. have got the Eels on top, and um, in second spot, we have got the Raiders. So uh, it is basically going to be um, very interesting to see what the Eels do do against the Raiders and the um, Roosters in the coming weeks. Obviously, Knights in fourth spot, followed by the Panthers, the Roosters, the Sea Eagles, and the Cowboys, um, which makes up the top eight.
2: Yeah, and then you've also got from eight to 12. They're all on the same amount of points, so... With a few of those play, um, I think the end of this round you'll see a bit more of a a solid top eight. Um, with yep. a, a few more, I think because well, we're playing the Warriors, playing the Rabidos, so one of them is going to go up, one of them will go down, and it's yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be tight.
1: Definitely, I mean, you've always got that sort of group around eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, always hovering around the same amount of points. And dare I say it's always the Warriors in around that 11 12 13th eighth 11 12 13th 12th you know 11 12 11 12th they're always around there and trying to get into eighth position by the um by the, the finals 40 time let's just hope that the Warriors can have a few good games uh, in the next coming weeks and hover around that six to eight mark uh we'd be yeah. happy with that I mean I'd be happy with that Brad what do you say
2: yeah Eight and up is, is always, um, I know it's not the goal that teams say they want to go for, but as a fan, it's the goal I go for, as long as you're in the top eight and you have a shot. So, um, yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, I remember the Warriors, I think, uh, Warriors of 2011. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Brad. I think that was the year that they did make the grand final. They beat Melbourne in Melbourne when it was one versus eight. Uh, there That's was a right, different yeah. Form, it was a different format back then. It wasn't, I think now it's one versus four and five versus eight. But yeah, um that's right. Yeah. It was um it was interesting. But I think yeah, um very interesting to see what happens this weekend. The table is changing every week. Um obviously with um you know the, the with us having only had five or six rounds, five rounds into the competition and a sixth round this weekend. So it will be interesting to see um what happens this weekend, Brad.
2: Yeah, it will be. Um but before we get on to those games, do we have any viewer questions, Paul?
0: Yeah, a couple of questions for you from the uh, the, the chat. Um, Simon asks, what do you guys think of the rumours of Jackson Hastings potentially joining the Warriors or Bulldogs?
2: Yeah, I, I heard those rumours. Jackson has come out and said that um, the media seem to know more about him than he does, but they're very cagey with their dealings, so it's hard to take it at face value. But he's a good player. He... I thought he was really good in the NRL when he was here earlier, and um, I don't know if it was a clash with a coach or something, and he went up, up to the UK and has dominated up there. So he'll definitely be welcome in the Warriors, I'm sure. They've got Blake Green, who's coming to the end of the career. He could slot straight in there. What that does with Chanel Harris-Tavita, I'm not sure. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, I'd take him.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, I haven't heard too. I haven't heard about that before tonight. But um, you know, he's like you said, Brett. He's been playing some good footy. So we just have to watch the space, really.
0: Yeah, cool. And uh, secondly, uh, I've heard that um, obviously the Warriors having a lot less travel to do than they normally do. Do you think that's going to play out well for them? Uh, in fact, they can uh, recover better and uh, get all their preparation properly.
2: I think so. I think that's it's always been, I don't want to say excuse, but it's always been something that people use to defend the um, ups and downs the Warriors have, that there's so much travel involved. So now that they're basically have to travel more than they do, I believe the Raiders have now got more travel um, distance than the Warriors. So they don't really have that excuse anymore. And I think it should help and i think this whole being stuck together should help them as well it will help. it's kind of like going on a a national tour overseas where you you'll build and get real a lot closer and um i might just be trying to be super positive about the the warriors right now but i think that will that will help um tremendously it's
1: a feeling of a camp isn't it i mean like we always talk about the players going to camp but it's almost like they're at camp The Warriors, and that's probably something that they're enjoying. Um, Whilst they're not being able to be around their loved ones, uh, being together and uh, you know uh, being in that environment, I think that they are gaining a little bit of momentum from it. But again, it's still early days. Let's see what happens on the weekend.
0: Absolutely, Uh, that's it, guys. I'll hand the show back to uh, back to you. All right, let's
1: have a look at round six, Brad, and um, uh, what you think. But I think, hold on, before we go into round six, we better. Oh no, we've done that. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll crack into round six um, on Thursday night. We have the Knights versus the Broncos. The Knights paying a dollar forty-two to the Broncos, two eighty-nine. Um, kickoff at nine fifty New Zealand time. Brad, uh, what are you what are you thinking of for this one?
2: Uh, we, we talked about the the Broncos are a bit at sorts right now. So the the Knights, I think, will be hurting a bit from their their loss last round. I think they're going to come out firing. And um, I'm picking the Knights here. I think they're just going to be too strong for the Broncos, who are still waiting for some of their key players to come back.
1: Yeah, and obviously with the Knights, um, I, the way that they played on the weekend, the combinations that they're getting going now—not a bad game really against uh, against the Storm Outfit. So I think that um, the Knights will take this one as well. So I'm picking them for the goods against the Broncos. Um, obviously, that leads us into Friday's fixtures, and we've got the Rabbitohs versus the Warriors, much talked about. Bradley, um, this game here. Um, And on Friday, who are you picking?
2: Uh, I'm unfortunately going with the Rabbitohs this time. I I feel like the Warriors have got what it takes to beat them. If Cody Nicorema comes out on Friday, um, the Warriors could easily um, do well here. But I think the Rabbitohs are just a bit more polished than than the Warriors are right now. So I don't think it's going to be um, a large margin. I think it'll be really close, maybe even just a try or... Even a two pointer. So, but yeah, unfortunately, I'm going with the Rabbitohs.
1: Yeah, likewise. I think that the Rabbits will um, prevail. Uh, Again, we're probably going to be proved wrong. We've picked the Warriors, then the incumbent, then the Warriors, then the incumbent. And we've we've been proven wrong thus far. But um, I think that their back five, Uh, I'll go back to the game against um, Penrith where we got beat up. Our back five is quite small. So if you're saying that David Fasitua is back, um, Mamalo is in the in the team as well is that right is he
2: no Ma- mamalo's still still out hopefully next week right. he'll be back
1: yeah I was say, what I was going to say is if we had mamalo and Fostura in there for the weekend game against um this uh outfit that would combat to a certain extent Latrell mitchell but I just think that he may be a factor this weekend against our small back five
2: yeah definitely and uh, that leads us into the second game on Friday night which sees the the Panthers playing the storm. Uh, storm my favorites here dollar 45 to the panthers 279 um I'm going with the storm here i think the storm are too clinical panthers aren't playing 80 minutes yet so I- i'm tipping tipping the storm to go through
1: yeah the storm are back to their um, usual best aren't they i mean like they're quite clinical against um uh you know in their game against the Knights, and of course they win last week as well so they are pretty much um you know, playing some really good football at the moment and back to their good old days. Um, I think Cameron Smith is obviously having huge influence over there. Uh because there's been so much talked about him that when he does have a game like that, what do you say? You can't but applaud the dude. He is absolutely a legend. And I think that yeah, he will be playing a big game against the Panthers on on Friday. So I'm picking the Storm too. That does lead us into um Saturday's fixtures. And we have the Titans up against the Dragons. The Titans Two dollars forty to the Dragons, dollar fifty-seven. Surprising odds there, Brad. And um, I am picking the Dragons to to, to take this one um, from from the Titans at the Gold Coast.
2: Yeah, I'm 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 disagreeing with you there and backing the Titans on this one. Um, I don't know if I'm just a sucker for punishment, but I think the Titans they they've been showing a lot of fight and I'm, i wanna, I want to I want to see them win. So I'm I'm giving it to them. I think I think a, a bit tougher than the dragons are.
1: Yeah, I think that the uh, dragons um, showed that they've just got a little bit of structure back uh, into their game after um, you know the earlier rounds and with the changes that they made on the weekend with Hunt going into dummy half um, and, and, and changes in the forward pack as well. I think that you know um, the dragons, I think they've turned a corner. Like I said, and I think that they'll they'll be they'll be the goods against the Titans. But we we'll just have to wait and see. Um, yeah. It takes us into our other Saturday game, uh, which is the Tigers versus the Cowboys. Very, probably a very um, tight call. This one, dollar eighty-five versus a dollar ninety-five, um, and I'm just yeah, I just um, it's a, it's a hard one to pick really because the Titans were really disappointing on the weekend, as were the Cowboys. So, um, you know, I'm going the Tigers. Um, maybe that's a Benji Marshall fan out of me, but um, yeah,
2: I've gone with Tigers too. I think the the Cowboys can have good games, but they've got no homes this week, um, a few of those injuries. So I think without without those those key players in their back line, um, they are all just going to be staring at Jason Tumalolo again and asking him to do it all. And I think the Tigers have got some good players all across the park. So um, I think young Harry Grant, who has just joined them recently from the storm um, in their dummy half, he has been playing exceptionally well since um, – since joining them. So I think they've just got a, a few more key players around that are going to give them a little bit of an edge, but it's going to be close.
1: No, yeah, I think it will be a close game. Um And, yeah, I'm just hopeful that the Tigers um can get that Benji Marshall back in there. Uh, apparently he's not going to be playing this weekend again. So We'll just have to wait and see.
2: Yeah. And um that brings up our last game on Saturday night, which – could very well be the game of the round. It's the Roosters playing the Eels. Uh, Roosters are, are favourites, forty-two to the Eels, two dollars um, I'm going with the Roosters. I think I, I don't... The Roosters will have to um, play poorly at some stage, but I don't think it's this week.
1: Yeah, I think this is going to be the reality check for the Eels. I'm going for the Roosters as well. I don't think the Eels will go um, and topple the Roosters. Uh, they're just... Too clinical at the moment, too fast, too offensive, and they're just a weapon out there in the NRL at the moment. So um, it will be a very, very good game. Uh, 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 so if you're, if you're planning to watch you know, a few of the games on the weekend, definitely the Warriors game against the Rabbitohs. I'd be watching this one. And, of course, the game on Sunday, which is the Raiders versus the Sea Eagles. The Raiders paying $1.56 to the Sea Eagles, $2.44. Um, that should be a very, very interesting game. I'm going the Raiders. I think that the Raiders will... Um, still come away with the points even though the, the Seagulls have been playing some good football. However, just to win against Brisbane by two points, I think if you put the Raiders up against them at the moment, they'd probably put a few more points on it. I know that's not the way to look at it because any team on any given day can beat any other team. That's why we have such a great competition but um, I do think that the Raiders will come away with the goods on the weekend.
2: Yeah, I'm going the other way. I'm backing in Seagulls on this one. Um, <laughs> the Raiders are a good team but the way Tom Trevojevic has been playing. I think he's going to be the deciding factor in this game. Um, Tom Trevojevic yeah.
1: is what our nickel clock stat. What about uh, – how do you think he's been playing? you think that's going to be an interesting
2: uh, top- he, He's been playing pretty well. He I thought he had a poor game last week. Um, so how that affects his confidence, I'm not sure. But um, Tom Trevojevic would be the best fullback right now if James Tedesco wasn't around. So um, – it's going to be exciting, and I think it's going to be another flip a coin result. So,
1: Yeah, it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to that game uh, very much. Um, obviously, um, the Raiders ran from way back as well before the days of the Warriors, so still um, backing them in um, to take out the Sea Eagles. So it will be, be interesting to see how we um, how we come across in next week's picks, obviously. Um, and then we've got the – on Sunday, we've got the Sharks against the Bulldogs, which is the final game of the round very much a nothing game. Like I don't even just talking about it just bores me already, but um, I guess, you know, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go the sharkies. Uh, I was tempted to go to the dogs, uh, go the dogs because uh, I just felt that they may be deserving of a win. But um, I think the sharks will come away with the, with the goods on this one.
2: Yeah. I've gone sharks too. And they haven't been playing well, but they've got, I think they've got a better roster. So and then on paper, they should beat the bulldogs right now. So um, it's probably not a game I'm looking forward to watching um, but yeah I think the Sharks have got this one
1: Cool so for round 6 basically what we've got is the only difference in Brad and Sanjay's picks for the weekend is that we have Brad picking the Titans over the Dragons and I'm picking the Raiders over the Sea Eagles, other than that we have got the same picks so it'll be interesting to see where we come out next week, I need to gain a yep. few points on Brad who's currently ahead um, at nine nine games out of sixteen. So, look, we'll quickly move into uh, our segment on the international uh, front, um, which obviously includes Super League over there in the UK. Um, Brad Moses Missoui, uh walks unassisted after career-ending injury.
2: Yeah. So in the preseason, um, in one of the the trial games, he he had a neck injury and couldn't couldn't walk and um quite quite horrible obviously we've seen that happen in the NRL as well um with the Knights players but he's he's got some movement now and he's walking unassisted which is really good to see um so shame for him that you know he can never play again but he can walk which um I'm sure means a lot more to him than playing a game of League
1: Yeah, in the Super League, um, when they are planning to come back, they're going to adopt the six-again rule currently being used in the NRL, but they're also planning on removing scrums, I hear.
2: Yeah, so um, they've been quite interested in the six-again rule that the NRL's used and how exciting it's made the game. So they're quite interested in bringing it in. But, yeah, they want to reduce um, player-to-player contact in a contact sport by um removing scrums the scrums aren't really that much of an important factor in a game or league anyway it's basically a starting point and trying to bring a lot of players together so you can have the backs go against each other and makes it more exciting so I don't see it affecting the game as much um but yeah it's interesting I don't see the NRL thinking about doing that but there's still actually no start date confirmed for the Super League yet. I've heard rumours of them thinking about playing multiple games per team during the week, so only having a couple of days in between games to try to catch up so they can finish the season still this year. Well,
1: there'll be a huge pressure on the players if they were to do that, but yeah, like you said, no confirmed start date. Look, uh, going back to the scrums, look, I think it's a ridiculous idea, really. Scrums, are whilst they're not a attacking part or a, a set piece kind of, you know, part of the game in rugby league like they are in rugby union, like you say, that still brings all the forwards together so the backs can do their thing and opens up the game a little bit. I think if we're starting to take scrums out of it, we're also taking away that one out of a hundred chance that you can win a hit against the feed. And, you know, in a grand final, if it's 80 all and you're on the opposition goal line, you're going to push for the loose head, aren't you? And you still want yeah. that opportunity. So I don't know if that's a good move. I personally am a bit of a traditionalist when it comes to some of the rules. And this is definitely one of them. I, I wouldn't want to see the scrums to go from the game. Um, in terms of the women's game, we don't have any further update as of yet, unfortunately. We will keep you posted um, in terms of the you know start date on, on the women's game. So, um, look, that, that brings our show to an end this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here on New Zealand Sport Radio, watching Brad and Sanjay on the standoff.
2: And for your weekly update on rugby league, tune into our podcast on iHeartRadio or Facebook. Just search for New Zealand Sport Radio.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Good night.
0: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times.